Welcome to CIO Leadership Live, Women in Technology Canada. I'm Lee Rennick, editor of CIO.com, and I'm very excited to welcome Julie Levesque, Executive Vice President, Technology and Operations, and CIO at National Bank of Canada. Julie, thanks so much for joining us today. Could you please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your current role? So as you mentioned, my name is Julie Levesque. I'm the Executive Vice President uh, at National Bank for Technology and Operations. Uh, I've been in a position for now three years. So I'm accountable for the execution of the technology strategy and the delivery of all the projects and initiatives for National Bank, um, as well as running um, daily operations for the bank. So uh, including back offices functions um, and so on and so forth. So glad, uh, glad to be invited uh, amongst you. Thank you, Julie. It's really such a large and important role for the bank. So I really appreciate your time and joining us today. So we created this series to support the senior technology leader in their tech and leadership journey, and specifically to allow women to share a voice around their own journey around diversity, equity, and inclusion. So first question I'd like to ask you, are there any particular roadmaps or tips you could share on your journey as a woman in technology? Sure, not a problem. So I, I might start by saying I have a non-typical path uh, that led me to the position that I'm that I'm in. Um, I studied um, as, uh, arts um, while I was a you know a teenager and and a young adult. Uh, realized quite quite quickly that um, the the study that I did uh, would not lead me to uh, a full career ended up in technology, not by choice. I had an interest, obviously. This is something that uh, had always been uh, an interest to me, even when I was a, a young girl. That being said, I ended up in a software company uh, by, you know, by a fluke. I applied for a job, got the job, and then uh, started my career then. Then really fell in love uh, with technology um, in that software company. I worked there for a couple of years. Um, it was difficult from a life balance point of view. I had two small children. I was traveling a lot across Canada and across the Caribbean. And at that point in time in my life, I realized that um, as much as I love my job, it was too much of a burden on, on my shoulder uh, with two young children. And I decided to take, I wouldn't say a step back, but probably a lateral step and um, change completely uh, jobs um, and employer. And that's how I ended up at National Bank. And I started my career at National Bank as a dev lead in a, in a web development team. Um, and uh, this was new to me. And as much as I mentioned earlier, I fell in love with technology when I started in the technology uh, company, really financial institution was to me uh, really, really um, something that I discovered and really interests me. And I realized at that point that I was meant to work in technology and financial services because I loved it so much. I could learn so much about, around the different lines of business. You know, it motivated me throughout the rest of my career and still today uh, at National Bank. So I I decided to learn and embrace uh, and realize that when I am fully passionate about something, I'm obviously result come uh, in a timely in a timely matter, and you get performant more and more because you're 
uh, adrenaline and you're motivated to what you do. So I learned around retail banking. I learned about commercial banking um, uh, throughout different, uh, different years at National Bank. At one point, uh, and I'll always remember this, in, 2000 in 2010, uh, the CIO at the time said to me, Julie, I've got an initiative for you. It's not too clear what you're going to be doing, but I need you in to, in to, to lead that initiative. And I realized, okay, hold on a second. What are you asking me exactly to do? And he said, I don't know yet, but trust me, this is something really important for the bank. And um, so I said, okay, uh, let's, I trust your judgment. Let's, let's, let's jump into this. And uh, this was an adventure that lasted around two years, which was a huge transformation project for the bank. And I, uh, along the way, uh, I remember the boss at the time said to me, um, I need you to manage this project. And I said, hold on, I'm managing a project. I've done this in the past. I don't think in my career, this is where I'm at. And he said, forget the label, look at what needs to get done, the scope of what needs to happen and tell me if you're interested or not. And I think the scope of it and the breadth of it um, is much more important than you know purely a label. Uh, yes, I had been in the past a project manager, not you know, there's nothing wrong of being a project manager, but I thought in my career I had passed that 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 point, and this was, I would say, the cornerstone of what led me to everything after that. I was leading a huge team, and it was a strategic initiative for the bank. Allowed me to learn a lot about uh, complexity, different managing stakeholder. Really was a tough, I would say, school. Uh, for those two to two and a half and three years that I that I ran that program, um, I don't. It went like this super quickly. I don't remember how most of the time because I was so much in the you know velocity of delivering those those initiatives. But at the end of it, um, learned a lot and but also learned about myself what I was good at and how I could develop and continue to develop on a specific aspect. Uh, that led me uh, after that to different opportunities at the bank. Uh, and I had given me some exposure, obviously, because it was one of the biggest initiatives that we had at the bank at the time and led me to, you know, opportunities that I didn't think um, were even in my path. And at that time, um, I was asked to uh, apply for a, a, an executive position, which I didn't think of, um, and they said, well, I, you, we, you should really think about this. And this is something that I would say some of, some of us women usually look at, you know, the criteria for the job and I say, oh, only have 50% of it, I shouldn't apply. And my boss at the time said, I'm telling you, you need to apply and go through the process. So obviously story now is that I got the position and, and I was able to develop as my first, you know, executive position at the bank and I did that for a couple of years. And then at some point I received a call from an external firm uh, asking me that they, you know, they, they wanted to talk to me. And I said, but I'm really happy in my job. I'm not foreseeing any move at this time. And they said, well, you've been you know, 12 years with the same organization. Maybe it's time to see what's out there. I, I decided to entertain and to see exactly, realized that um, this was a really great opportunity for me from a technology point of view and from a personal point of view to learn. 
I wasn't ready and it was a, a job position in Toronto. So I live in Montreal. I needed to move in Toronto from a family again perspective that it didn't make sense at the, at the time. And I said, thank you, but um, it's not for me. And then a year later, they knocked on my door again and they said, is now a better time? And from a you know, balanced point of view in my life, it felt more comfortable. And I took the risk, which was a huge risk to leave the position that I had here at the bank, which I, you know, I was identified as a potential, you know, high potential, um, move to Toronto um, from Montreal. My family said, you go, I, we're, we don't want to live in Toronto, so you'll commute back and forth. Um, this was huge to me because uh, I always, I loved my job and loved the organization that I was working with, but I thought, you know, at 39 years old, this is, you know, the time to, to actually, if I need to make a change, to try it out. So I did that for three years. I learned a lot. It, uh, it was really a learning and valuable experience for me, learning what, from a technology point of view, is being done outside of Canada and all the, in Asia and Europe and, and, and in the U.S. So it was kind of like an accelerated um, MBA but on the job for three years. And uh, after three years, realized that, you know, the traveling back and forth was again, something from a balanced point of view, it was difficult. So I decided to uh, come back to Montreal. I was not coming back to National Bank. I was coming back to another organization. And the story that I say is that I dated someone for quite some time. Uh, they asked me for marriage. I said, yes bought the dress, got to the church, and then my ex tapped me on the shoulder and said, I would like to get back with you. And I love my ex. I love National Bank. So that's how I ended up and coming back after three years at National Bank. Came back a couple of weeks uh, into the COVID. And at the time, my boss, the CIO said, oh, by the way, I didn't tell you, but I'm going to be retiring by the end of the year. Um, then um, it that might be an opportunity for you. So I went through the process and now here I am. Thank you so much for sharing that. So what I'm hearing through all of this is you're taking and you've taken risks in your career. You've had to potentially, well, you've relocated yourself. You've taken the risk around that. You look, you've looked at other job opportunities. Um, and sometimes you said to yourself, I don't need to do this right now. So you were honest and truthful with yourself. Um, and you've had to manage and juggle your family and your work-life balance. You know, many CIOs I talk about in interview, they're not starting their career with a three-year computer engineering degree. There's a lot of intensive and continuous learning in your career and the journey, and you've certainly demonstrated that. Thank you so much for sharing that. And um, I really appreciate it very much. And so I wanted to talk a little bit now about diversity in the sector. Um, you know, I wanted to talk about that because it's very, very important and you've built your career. And I recently read some research that in 2021, women made up 40% of the workforce in Canadian financial services, which really is quite good. However, only 21% held board seats, 19% held C-suite roles, and only 5% held the role of the CEO. So, we are seeing a lack of representation and leadership roles for women in financial services. Uh, you've had your own leadership journey, which you've just shared with us. Thank you very much. Um, and, you know, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about some of the supports that helped you in building your leadership role. 
So there's been many, many supports. So the first thing that I that will tell you is that obviously when I started my career in technology, um, I felt that there was always, I felt like an imposter for, for quite quite a period of time. And that, that's something that I think a lot of us um, feel some, you know, throughout your career at some point. Um, so I, I make sure that I, you know, I had the belief that I needed to go back to school um, while I was working um, and get more technical um, learning from that. So that's what I did. That's one of the items. To be fair, I did it. I did my MBA also. I don't think the imposter syndrome really left. It's still somehow once in a while shows up on my shoulder. Um, but I usually say I have other friends than my imposter syndrome friend. And my other friends speak a lot louder and it allows it to, you know, to, to be tamed. Um, so that's one thing that I did. I also had throughout my career um, mentorship and sponsorship, and it was not always intended. What I mean by that is that I didn't go necessarily to go see someone and say, do you want to be my mentor? But I've identified people along the way to, that would complement the things that I needed to work on. So I'm very driven, very uh, energetic. Uh, so I usually was tending towards mentors or sponsors that were similar to me, but that just increased those aspects of it. So at, uh, you know, at some point I realized, okay, I need to find mentorships and sponsor to develop other aspects of my leadership that uh, needs to balance it out a little bit. So I've been very lucky to have great managers um, and I've also had managers or people that I work with that moved to other organizations that I kept contact with, and they have been a tremendous help. Um, the other thing that I would mention is that I have a great family system and support around me, and I find that if you, you know, lay the law with, with them in a, in a matter of speaking, saying, I'm going to do this, I'm not going to do that, because of where I am in my career. That being said, uh, later on, you know, when you have small children, it's very different, you know, the, the, I would say the mental charge that you have when they're teenagers, it's a different story. Uh, but then you could also have your parents that are that you need to take care of. So you need to balance it out. And this is something that I found that balancing is not on a day-to-day -day basis or a weekly basis. It needs to even out and balance out in a period of time that is longer than short-term. Otherwise you put too much pressure. So that's also something that I've realized with my family and support system that I need help along the way. And then it is possible that I'm gonna be working a lot for a period of time. Really what you've shared here is you've really looked at pushing your boundaries one of the advice I'm getting for myself is push your boundaries. Don't always meet with like people. Um, you know, you have the opportunity to learn from a lot of different types of people. So don't gravitate to the people that are going to necessarily be a lot like you. Um, and I think, you know, sharing around the work-life balance, creating those, um, creating areas where you can ensure that you're getting the support that you need. You know, we know based on research, women uh, take on a lot of extra work within the family. We've seen the great resignation. We've seen all of those types of things. So, um, you know, sharing that you really need to navigate it, be honest and truthful with yourself um, is really what I'm getting from this interview. So thank you so much for sharing that with me. Um, it's really, really resonating. 
So the next question is around talent and teams. And a lot of CIOs and senior tech leaders are facing um, retaining and also recruiting teams. Um, so we know right now in the sector, we see that there's a lot of cuts, but we also hear there's a talent shortage um, and that it's difficult to recruit um, individuals. Um, and that retention is critical right now for the senior tech leader. Are there any tips you could share with our audience about um, building your teams to ensure that people have a sense of purpose and connection, uh, you know, especially as a leader with some of the things that you're doing and that you're working on at National Bank? So the first thing that, that I did when I joined, um, when I came back and then as a, as a CIO, um, I worked with my team, my, my new team, on the strategy for the organization. I felt that we, in order to rally people, they need to understand, you know, the objective and the North Star, but they need to participate in the, you know, in the elaboration of that strategy. Sometimes I find leaders work strategy on their, in their office all by themselves. I don't do that. I involve my team. They participate. They buy in into that. And I go beyond just my direct reports. I, you know, I include people that have different types of perspective to make, to make sure that we have full coverage and now everybody, everybody buys in into where we need to go. So that's, that's one thing that I did. And I did it before in other, you know, other groups and other areas. I find this is really the roadmap and involves and mobilizes everyone. I also think that uh, whenever, once we've done this, we need to make sure that it's clear to our employees, I have uh, about 5,000 employees. So it's difficult to understand and make sure that everybody understands. So it needs to be clear. It needs to be, it needs to fit on one page. It needs to be repeated and repeated and it needs to be super crisp. We have a tendency of having, you know, putting PowerPoints together with lots of words and that we wanna cover everything. That being said, um, it's difficult to mobilize a big group of people when it doesn't speak to everyone. So making sure that it speaks to them, they understand what's in it for them, um, to me was has been the key so far. And I, I'm, I'm very lucky to have a team that is super mobilized. Um, when I joined the operations, I've joined technology now in a year, a year ago. Um, and this was you know, something that we needed to make sure that everybody understood why we were doing it and what is expected of them. And um, we did a lot of roadshows. I personally got involved, met with the employees. So to me, that's always being connected to what's going on, regardless of how many people there is in the organization, how many levels that might be. Keep your ear to the ground. Always make sure that whatever messages and this is something that I learned from, you know, that I learned throughout is that whatever work that I use, it's being interpreted or re repeated after in a magnitude that I, that I did not, uh, Julie says, Julie said this, Julie said that. So <laughs> making sure that you understand when you say something, what's the impact of the, on the receiving end. So getting that connection with, you know, every level in the organization, making sure that you have that report with them, that you get that continuous loop, that they, you're not, you, everybody's following the, uh, you know, the, the, the same objective and strategy, uh, to me has been something really beneficial. And, you know, people feel there's a purpose why they're there. They're not just coding lines. 
they also understand that when there are technology people, at the end of the day, what we do is that we serve customer. We serve customer, we wanna be better, faster, um, more quality. We wanna have environments that are robust, no interruptions. Um, so all of that, everything that everybody does is always at the heart of what we do in our strategy is being customer centric. So that's what we do at National Bank. That's what I do in my team, making sure that everybody understand why, how they're contributing to that goal. And I think, uh, again, I'm very lucky to have, um, you know, in the last survey that we did on the engagement and mobilization, um, over 90%, which is something that uh, has never been, I've never seen it. So they understand what they do and why. And I think that's, uh, that's the key to, to making sure. And it attracts people and it attracts talent as well because people are passionate of what they do. And, you know, I, I always say passion, you know, attracts passion. So, and then it attracts performance. So everybody wants to be on the winning team. Uh, so that, that's, that's how we keep the engagement from our team. I have to say we do have some shortages in some specific type of um, functions. Uh, some are more on demand than others, but I would say my, you know, my the mobilization is high, and there's more people coming in than there's people leaving. So that's, um, you know, somehow uh, at the end of the day, that's a really good news. So Julie, the last question I want to ask you is a rapid fire question. I ask everyone this question, and the question is. What is the future of IT? It's exciting. It's an exciting future. <laughs> I would say uh, IT has evolved over time uh, into lots of new technologies. But I would say, you know, the, 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 the job of IT, that what it used to be a couple of years ago, not too long ago, was very much, uh, you know, servers, uh, network connectivity, um, very, I would say, traditional type of technology. If you think about today, technology is part of our daily activities, daily, uh, daily, even not at work. Um, technology has evolved over digital. So now the digital capacities and capabilities are new uh, professions and that, that didn't exist not too long ago. So that's an evolution as well um, of, the, of the technology perhaps broader than that. I, I always say that from a technology point of view, you need to be bilingual. You need to speak technology, you need to speak business. So you need to do both. You need to have those two and be fully bilingual when you work. So to me, when you get into where does uh, technology head to, it's heading towards that more and more from a business point of view, technology supporting the business but also on the other way with AI, with all the new emerging technology and um, NLP and all of that, technology is leading how you do business. So to me, that's uh, the, the, the two, I see this more as a, as a circle and it keeps moving like that. So that, that's where I think is, is heading and uh, it's exciting time. Julie, thank you so much for joining us today at CIO Leadership Live Canada. If you're interested in watching this video or others, please head over to cio.com front slash CA. Thanks again.